Hi everybody, welcome to George and Charlie off the bridle. We're here to talk VAD dream, two-year-old dreams and the Derby dream with special guest Alan Cooper. Yes, this is George and Charlie off the bridle with George Scott, Charlie Fellows and myself, Tony Rushmer. You're listening to a racing podcast brought to you in partnership with our pals at Fitstairs Bookmakers. Hello again, guys. Very nice to see you both. And very nice to be shooting the breeze with you at a time when your horses have been doing a fair bit of talking. And I'd like to kick us off by something that made me smile last week. George, I thought you were uncharacteristically generous towards the trainer sat to the left of me after your two-year-old Watch My Tracer sped to victory at Yarmouth. You gave a superb display of self-deprecation in flagging up how Mr Fellows here has three group winners on the board already this year as opposed to your zero at this point. Whatever came over you? I'm going to correct that. I shouldn't. But seeing as George has been self-deprecating, I'm going to be too. It's only two group winners. Oh, and a stakes and a listed winner. There we go. Three stakes winners. That's maybe yeah. the point. But it was incredibly magnanimous of you at a moment when your two-year-old had actually scooted up in an impressive style. I had absolutely no idea about this. What? Well, I obviously watched watched my two-year-old win, and it was one of those moments that you only get once every two, three, four years as a trainer, where you, you're sort of almost sort of stuck stuck for words, you know. He was he was super impressive, and although I'd been pleased with him at home, he he gave me a bit of a surprise. And as I was collecting my thoughts and sort of in a bit of a daze, Matt Chapman caught me with a microphone and interviewed me probably three minutes after the race. So I yeah, as you say, we talked about the well, balls. How did you get on to me? Well, because in true Matt style, he twisted it, and I can't remember. I don't want to quote the interview, but he twisted it and said, "Oh, Charlie Fellows will be ruining that, and you know how well you're doing." And I sort of said, "Well." To be fair, he's he's three stakes winners already this year. He sort of said, "Oh, you're you're doing great," and he's not and he's not had a winner today or something. And I sort of quickly said, "Well, it's amazing. You would you God, would I not have believed that. it. I'd have fallen off my sh- well, my seat. Imagine I, I was yeah. on my sort of half sick bed at the time, and I literally fell off the sofa at this just display of magnanimous behaviour from you. You did ring me and say how um, restrained I was after such an exciting moment. But as I say, I think I was just slightly shocked. Um, added what, what, what had just happened. Let your guard down. <laughs> which, which leads me to two things. One is, obviously, I'd like to talk about that two-year-old and, and, and Royal Ascot, but I'd also like to start here with Charlie, because days after we recorded the last podcast, Vadrim went and uh, won at Newmarket at the Guineas Festival, and wow, did she look good that day. Over five furlongs. Over five. Yeah, which is great. Um, she wrote, yes, fantastic. But she, you know, it absolutely leathered it down the morning of the race. I was about the only one on the course that was delighted to see it raining. Uh, Cats and dogs. And and yeah. I've never seen such a rapturous oh, applause. About that. It was in, all my was lads. Daunting. It was all my stable. Oh, yeah. Um, all the lads from the yard. I think they'd had a couple of pounds on each way and... Well, it was They're nice, um, you know, it was nice that you actually ran her under her conditions. Yeah. Because you, you made the mistake of getting all wide-eyed and running her at, was it, Newcastle or somewhere, so. Yeah, and I'm now running her, I'm not under her conditions on Sunday. So. Oh, are you? Yeah. In France? Yeah. Where? 
Chanty. Nice. French Derby weekend. She's got to have a run. She's got to have a... She's getting too fresh. You've always said that about She her. needs to have a run before Asuka if the rain does come. Um, so she's going to go over there. The, the, my overriding uh, memory or lack of of uh, the Guineas weekend is the Saturday night. Where, so I think some, someone put something in the water in Newmarket because the whole place was... Was, was up all night and we all had a sort of a, a chorus of stories to tell each other in the morning. I mean, every every trainer and every agent and every person that visited Newmarket, I think, didn't see much sleep. It went absolutely tonto. Yeah, <laughs> I had such a funny video of Charlie. He said, if, if this was if this was uh, recorded with a video, I would show it where Charlie just sends me a selfie video of him and uh, he's like, his, he just looks an awful mess with barely any sleep and he's got Jack, his son, just sat behind him and just coincidentally, Jack's got a fake camera and is taking a picture of Charlie as the as the cameras as the camera sponge around him, and he goes, "Don't drink and have kids." Anyway, yeah. So no, it was good. It was, it's it's a great weekend that, and it's and it's it's a real new market trainers. If you have a winner that weekend, if you're lucky enough to win the guineas, um, it's 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 a real like one in the in the back garden it's a ve- i think it's the most sp- very special weekend for new market trainers it's yeah. probably overlooked by by the outside people it's 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 a massive yeah. do we rate the guineas winners were caldean you do you think, think we rate one and we don't rate well, well the philly's obviously very good the philly the two phillies are obviously very good morge and tahira yeah. chaldean you can't knock him no because he's won a jewhurst he's won a guineas he's clearly very good but the form of that guineas looks really suspect at the moment well well, you say that i mean it does and it doesn't you know there were clearly horses running in in the race that were never going to get the trip especially under the conditions and big big little bear has come out and stamped himself the highest rated three-year-old already from his performance at haydock he's top of the ratings and i would think that roger's horse will come out and run his face off at Ascot against him and you know maybe the milers and ace you know you could have a derby winner out of there so although the miling form might not be that strong i think there's still a high it's still a high quality trial for the rest of the group ones moving forward yeah i would agree with that that that's probably a very good assessment i think the older milers won't be quaking in their boots no. but there's some interesting sprinters and interesting stayers that could come out of that race which leads us on nicely talking about the guineas to the two classics that are almost upon us and you mentioned derby coming up this weekend did we see a derby winner back in fifth place there with Dubai Mile, or have there been other credible contenders from the trials that you'd certainly favour above uh, that horse? Okay, well, we might well have seen the winner in August Rodan um, because Aidan is capable of doing things with the stock that he has, which no other... He's the only trainer no in the tra- world that could turn a horse like that round from yeah. running so badly in a guineas to going and winning a derby. Yeah. He's the only trainer, and that's why he's favourite. It's the only reason he's favourite. If he's trained by any other trainer, even someone like John Gosden, he would not be three to one. Where are we going then with the derby? I mean, who are you fancying, chaps? Where are you thinking if, if you put your tenor on one, where would it be just for a fun tenor on a Saturday afternoon? I would be going with Passenger myself. I thought his, he's got the pedigree to win a derby. He's trained by the right trainer and he ran a really good trial at York. I mean, when I watched the race live and I saw the connections afterwards and saw that how disappointed, you know, slightly frustrated they looked, I thought, well, you know, that might just be them looking through through rose-tinted glasses. But going back and watching the race, he is stopped in his run twice and makes up very good late ground. And I would think that for me, he has, he's the most interesting contender for me anyway. I worry, I think if he's got a chink, it's his stamina. 
he showed so much speed at York. He travelled all over them. Uh, just, there's got to be a small question mark about his stamina around Epsom. For me, the one that is that you struggle to pick a hole in is the Godolphin horse, Military Order. He's a he's a oh, brother yeah. to a Derby winner. He's yeah, got the pedigree. He was very impressive around Lingfield. Loved his trial. So I absolutely a, loved I his trial. It was a brilliant trial. For me, I, if I was to have a bet, I think he's the one they've got to beat, personally. What about you, Tony? Well, I, I mean, you mentioned O'Brien and his brilliance at improving horses from seemingly impossible positions. Uh, they take giant steps forward. Well, it wouldn't be the biggest fighter fancy, would it, to see um, San Antonio, on, you know, Dubawi out of a Galileo mare, better ground than encountered at Chester, outrunning his odds. You know, he does improve them. And he, those big those big priced O'Brien horses, they often run well. They do. Episode. You always got to pick one. You've yeah. always got to pick one because he's won it twice recently without with big priced horses. And he often has one in, in, in the money. But how many is he going to run? Is he only going to run a couple? Is well, he... I think he'll, you never know, but he tends to throw a lot at it. I know, but what's the, I, I don't run. know what the latest is in terms of how many plans to run. But I like San Antonio and I think the better ground will show that cult uh, in even better fettle than he showed in winning in, in steady fashion the D stakes. So we shall see. And I suppose Dubai Mile was the other one, given that horse has won over a mile and a quarter. A lot of people are saying that that was a good Derby trial, his run at Newmarket. So I'd give that some credibility too, no? Yeah, I'd certainly give him some credibility. I'd be surprised if he's got the quality to win a Derby, personally. You know, his two-year-old form was very good. He's a Group 1 winner. He ran a solid trial. But I think I'd be surprised if he has the class and the, and the scope for improvement to win a Derby, okay, personally. Okay, so, so you're saying passenger... You're saying military order, and I'm saying San Antonio each way. So that's the derby then. What about the Oaks? Are we all with Save the Last Dance off a massive margin success at the Rudy? Well, what's extraordinary is the two the two at the front of the market both were super impressive in different ways, weren't they? You know, yeah. Save the Last Dance looked like just like a different type of animal at Chester, like they can do sometimes on that track, in that ground, in that trial. Thrown in on the final corner. Yeah, yeah. they do, because, you know, it isn't the strongest trial by, on paper. We know it, uh, um, Aiden loves the trial, doesn't he? Yeah. And brings some quality there. And as a result, it's probably not always the strongest. So, But she, she looked awesome. And what price would she be for the derby? That is the question. If she was running in the derby, what price would she be? She'd be, in, she'd be at the head of the market, would she? Say she'd be fine, violent favouritism with uh, August Rodin. Even, yeah. Do you know what? I hadn't even considered that yeah. question, but I guess she would be. Yeah, she'd probably be favourite. I guess. Mm. And if it was a different situation, if Aiden didn't have a colt and he had two fillies, he'd be running her in the derby. Yeah, but I know that's. But as you said, the other filly that won the uh, Musadora, John's filly, John Golson's filly. What she picked up and won in great fashion for Frankie on that occasion. You couldn't help but you know be knocked out by that performance. I just have a feeling we might get an upset in this race. Oh, I would love to give you a, 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 a nugget of, of wisdom, but I and I, I actually don't have one. But I just, I was so close to leaving Cloudbreaker in there. So close to leaving. There is Cloudbreaker a Cloudbreaker story, and I'm not sure we've got time for it now. Or maybe we do. Basically, Charlie had this see the stars filly called Cloudbreaker. Have have this. Have yeah, sorry, I thought it was a filly. Don't be so rude. Um, she won first time out. And then uh, we were... She won second time out. Second time out yeah. at Newmarket, sorry. Yeah, and then she got an injury. And then the... I, uh, I'm going to tell the story, the story because he's blundering his way through it. It's just, she, she, she won second time out at Newmarket, picked up a nasty injury, had the rest of the year off. We decided to get her back in early with a plan to having an early prep run on the all-weather uh, and then 
bringing her through the grade and th- seeing if she was possibly an Oaks filly. She ran at Wolves as her prep run over the nine and a half furlongs there. And she was carrying a penalty and she finished She finished a pretty she uninspiring... Looked she looked moderate as hell. But it was her first run in a long time. She hadn't run since July last year. It was as it turned out, quite a good novice, a very good novice. The winner was placed in the listed race the other day. The second is in the Oaks, been been supplemented for the Oaks. Like, it was a good race, and she was carrying a penalty. Anyway, on our gym chat group afterwards, I got laid into by Crisford and Scott, who both said, oh, that's useless. (laughs) The only Oaks that's going to be running in is the Brighton Oaks and stuff like that. His fellows had been napping it. He'd be like, he was 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 going to win. I had no, 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 no. That's not true. I did not say she was going to win. I just said she was a nice filly and that I thought she'd be stakes class in the end, which I stand by. She was beating a nose in a listed race the other day. No, she was fourth. Beating a nose in a, uh, sorry, for, for, for third, for black type. Anyway, these two idiots were on the on the WhatsApp <laughs> saying it won't be rated above that. You'll never get that rate above eighty, and useless. it's absolutely <laughs> useless. Blah blah blah. Anyway, we had a bet. I had a bet with them that Did it would be rated above, above eighty five, which she now is. What's she rated? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. <laughs> yeah. And she looks like a proper fellows steady improver. She'll be nice. She'll be. I okay. mean, thank God you didn't put her in the Oaks because you had another I would barrage like, of I would have liked to her saying what a wally you are. I would. I very nearly did. So anyway, are we Ribblesdale? I maybe yeah. Or the handicap at Ascot. One of the two. I think handicaps more your lane. Uh, so you're I think the there'll be a turn up. Okay. In the uh, sorry, who are you keeping the so faith you're keeping in? Keeping the faith with Cloudbreaker, yeah, and you're pr- nice predicting a boil in over Oaks. in the in the Oaks. Yeah, I think Save the Last Dance is going to be completely. She could be absolutely head and shoulders above this lot, but the conditions are completely different. Yeah. Soul Sister went off fourteen to one for the Mozidora. Yeah. If they thought that was a world beater, she would not be that price. Even I, though I, she ran no. badly in the Fred Darling, but the Fred Darling was over seven on bottomless ground. I'm just not sure. She was very impressive. But I just, you'll be careful. Just, At least you train for these guys. Huh? You train for the Bamfords. Yeah, that's okay. I can say that. I, but you know, I, I, I think questions to ask. I think in this situation, when a filly's so well bred and so lightly raced, that yeah. they can buck prices and you know yeah. their trajectory. I, I mean, I, I, hopefully to. she does win. She's a Frankel. It would be wonderful for Lady Bat. Like, imagine yeah. it'd be great. Like, it would be fantastic. It would be a really good result. I just think they've got the favourites have still got a few questions to answer. But, and I just wouldn't be surprised if one of the slightly longer priced horses came out of nowhere. Okay, so you you haven't you're not putting one up. No. Um George, are you ideas. are you I mean I, I like Soul Sister. I like the way she did it. I think the ground will be in her favour again as it was at York. That nice action she's got moves really nicely, that filly. I think she'll dance down the round Tottenham corner and scoot up, all being well. She was very impressive. I think Aiden's filly will win personally. Do you? I think she's Do just you? a bit of a freak. Yeah. Really? And I know Ryan um I don't want to quote anything, but I, I hear Ryan was like uber impressed like properly impressed yeah. you know like ryan moore wasn't it i mean has she, i can't remember her running style so you'll tell me it was the ground suited to her running style by that i'm asking the question not saying i'm asking the question has she got that sort of that well, action she sat, that she gets sat through last, the ground she was off the bridle a long way out but she just she just kept on going and the others just couldn't go with her she just sighed through them and just went further and further and further clear 
Very good. Okay, well, we shall see. Um, so that's the classics done. Before we have a guest, bear in mind we touched on it at the beginning, we didn't actually really drill down on George's two-year-old strike rate. They do seem to be running quite well, this juvenile team of yours this year, the Eve Lodge uh, two-year-old team. What's the update in terms of Ascot and other plans? Where, where's the Danny man go? Does he go to Ascot? Yeah, he'll go to the Coventry. Obviously, um, he, he went to a, a maiden at Yarmouth with some pretty highly touted horses. Um, they said the Jane Chapel Home horse was very good and couldn't get beat. And um, Godolphins? Godolphins was a 400-gram Frankel, which got got bet towards on. And yeah, my horse moved through the race like a horse that had plenty of quality. That was over six? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was and the way he did it, wasn't it? Yeah, he really put his head down and power, powered on through the line. And he's he's a horse that we've always liked at home, but he's... He's he's not he's not a real sort of flashy horse. It's it's. I'm so, sorry, George, but you can see he's rattled. He's just George has literally just watched a two-year-old run. It was odds on shot up at Hamilton, and it got beaten. It wasn't odds on quite. Was I know. Was it odds on? I'm watching him trying to get his words out, <laughs> talking about this dandy man, and I can see All that I'm his head is, is fried. Because he's thinking about this too, poor Joe. I mean, it I've was very, to... I will speak for him. It was unbelievably impressive. He was so professional. It was a decent mate. All maidens at Yarmouth are very good. And he's going to go to, he's going to go to the Coventry with a really, really exciting chance. Yeah, no, he... You were impressed then. I was really impressed. He looked the winner miles out. You could, there was only one winner. He gapped the rest of them. It was, it was a good, it was, really good it performance. Was, it was interesting how many trainers text me after the race, actually. I must have had 10 mates who all trained text me. And I think when you have that, it's probably a sign of a, of a horse that everyone was, was impressed with. So, no, it's really, it's, it's not very often when you go to the races and that happens as a trainer. You know, once in a while, you just, you just drive to Yarmouth or you drive to Leicester and suddenly you get this, this wonderful surprise. And it really, it really lights up your, your year. You say it was a wonderful surprise. Yeah, but you also said in the, the previous breath you'd always quite liked him. So is there a moment where, as a trainer of a first-time-out two-year-old, you can be a little bit shocked at just quite what you've seen in terms of, yeah, he's a nice horse, and then suddenly he's absolutely morphed into something different level when you're on the track? The only other time I've had that feeling before is when James Garfield um, was second at Leicester, like missed the break and, and like ran on past everything and then went straight to the Windsor Castle um, I mean, obviously, Rocket Rodney, when he won a second time out and broke the track record at Goodwood. Yeah, we're, we're, we're excited. I did mention him on the podcast because we had someone tweet in and say, oh, thanks, we, I backed him at 25 to 1. So, Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think you did mention, uh, as in the pedigree, I think you mentioned the dandy man. Um, the, the one thing I will say, and racing gave you a pleasant surprise that day, more often than not, it comes and kicks you in the knackers when you least, ex well, when you perhaps don't want it to. And you just wonder how much expectation burden of hope will you have when that horse steps out at Ascot and you know it's got to go your way and if it doesn't it's a deflator he'll fly he'll fly under the radar because really? yeah he will because the, it, the Coventry is the flagship to your race of the year and it's there's quite a lot of what nice be? he'll be he'll be 16, 16 to he'll one? be 16 yeah. to 1 yeah yeah, but he, you know he'll he'll be live. Yeah. And then we had we had on a, on a slightly different tone. We had a first time out winner at Windsor for Emma, who came on the podcast, and Charlie Rosier. And um, there was the most horrific incident. We were all standing in the paddock, and the, uh, it was like a gunshot. It was like someone. Anyway, obviously, I presume that one of the horses had kicked a rail, and uh, looked around and saw David Probert on the floor, and I mean on the floor, not moving. And it was a really horrible, horrible moment that you see very rarely. 
And I just couldn't believe, thank God, that he, he didn't break anything. I'm not sure if he's... Is he back riding yet? I don't, think I don't know if he is back riding, actually. But Jesus, it was like a career-ending smack, you know. And thank God, he, he, he looks like he's all right. And my horse went from eights to three. I mean, I've never seen it on the board. It went eights to threes. And, um, you know, he, he duly won. And we, we had a friend's birthday party there. So there are lots of friends. And it was one of those kind of quite special evenings that owning racehorses can create. So not know. the trainer's money? Well, I, 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 no, no. We, I, I thought he would run well, but I, I don't know the who did it. The horse came out. That was why it went from eights to threes, wasn't it? Because the but, horse that David Probert was due to ride obviously didn't yeah, line up. And that he was, looked to stand out. So the that's why the price collapsed. He looked, he looked really, everything was messing around and he's, he's been gelded and he just walked around like a professional. So that probably has something to do with it. We've touched on George's two-year-old team in a very positive fashion there. Um, Charlie, your two-year-olds? We can touch on them in a very negative fashion, Tony. <laughs> uh, my two-year-old season so far has been an utter disaster. Uh, annoyingly, and I'm happy to say this, um, we had a bit of a virus go around my two-year-old barn about six weeks ago. Uh, temperatures, big legs, blood's completely wrong. And we thought, we did a lot of tests and we felt that it was isolated to about eight or nine of the two-year-olds, mainly in the Colts barn, but a couple of the fillies got it as well. But I've run two two-year-olds so far this year. Both have been working really nicely at home and both had have run appallingly on the racetrack. So the general feeling is that they're not right, that we're going to just back off them, probably just steady canters for a couple of weeks start again i think we're through it but i think there's just a little bit of a lag and a hangover like you like anyone does when you've been ill you know it takes you a bit of time to get over it and and they can't be right because i ran a showcasing filly that we like a lot she's very disappointing first time out ran a bit better second time out and then havana gray colt who ran at wolverhampton was drawn one in an average maiden and i genuinely thought he'd go and win it and be 33, 40 to 1 for the Coventry and we'd go and have a lovely day out and the owner would have a great day out and he'd run a really nice day, right, nice race at Ascot and he just ran flat as a pancake, showed nothing. If you were just watching the race, it was utterly useless. So I think I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty confident they're not right. So we're just going to have to take a little bit of a pull on them um, and start again, which is frustrating. Right, time for our special guest. A warm welcome to Alan Cooper, racing manager for many years for the Niarchos family who, of course, have enjoyed so many top-level homebred triumphs, but not, interestingly, in the Epsom Derby. Well, not yet. This Saturday, all that could change as an Iarcos family-run passenger in the Derby. And here to talk about his chances is Alan. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, can't really appreciate how busy your, your week's been, so thank you for taking the time. Pleasure. I want just to dial back, if I may, to another what must have been a frantic week, and that was the build-up to Light Shift's Oaks win. And I wonder if you might just, just fill us in about you know how preparations went and, and what it was like dealing with everyone's favourite trainer, Sir Henry Cecil, and, and what that felt like. And, and um, you know, maybe you'll just give us some, some memories of that, that very special weekend. Absolutely. There was a little bit of nervousness building up in the yard at the time because Philly had a little issue about uh, 10 days out, but all came right. Uh, I thought I'd go and walk the course. I'd never walked Epsom before. It was absolutely chucking down with rain. 
I was loaned an umbrella and I came back and I was delighted with myself, called up Henry and said to him, I just walked the course. And he said, don't you have anything better to do? <laughs> so I went, went back into my box and waited for Oaks Day and then uh, history and emotion of that will, will never be forgotten. It was the uh, family's first Oaks and um, the emotion and the crowd, hooray, hooray, hooray for Henry was just uh, just unforgettable. I was going to say, Alan, I remember when um, I was writing my book about Henry, you said to me that was probably the most emotional day you've, you've had on a race course. If, if you can recall it, can you sort of capture just how that atmosphere was as she came down through the final closing furlong and a half and then the feelings uh, around the winner's enclosure? If you can just, as I say, cast your mind yeah. back and give us an insight. Casting the mind back, there was a slight moment of anxiety when... Is Peeping Fawn going to come up sides and go past us? And then Night Shift won. It was this emotional relief of having won the classic. And then the real emotion of pleasure for Henry and everybody associated at, at Warren Place. And just that just that moment around the winner's enclosure. What what was it what was it like to see to see Henry, who would normally be kind of uh, his normal self, but on that occasion he was certainly struck by the emotion of it all, wasn't he? Because it just it was um, uh, people were aware that he was poorly by that stage. Exactly, and um, um, it was the beginning, um, but it was also some some areas the media had been unkind, not quite writing off, but almost writing off. Uh, Warren Place and um, the numbers were down and it was deemed as, by some as the rebirth of Warren Place. Uh, so emotions on that side too. But I think it was the real pleasure of the crowd to see Henry winning that race was, was to behold and also the tears in a lot of our eyes of pleasure. Yeah, fantastic. And you were always, the family were always, along with Prince Khaled, were his his most loyal supporters so such a special special moment um alan you've got another very very special uh trainer in your corner this weekend in sir michael stout who uh has such an illustrious career and you've got you know arguably the most exciting horse with the most exciting profile going into the race on saturday did he emerge on that day at newmarket like the rest of us as, as a proper horse or had he been on the radar for you for some time before um, I think I think it's probably fair to say that they emerged from Newmarket with a bit of excitement as to what do we do next because he he probably did everything much more easily than might have been expected and he made a very good impression on on Ryan and then that's when the plotting started Michael started the plotting what to do next and we wanted to go to Chester for the D but the ground was too soft to for him because he has such a lovely action. Michael sent him up to Chester uh, just in case the, there wasn't overnight rain. I think the experience and the trip and the little canter around the track was very good for his education. And he came back uh, well, mentally adjusted because at Newmarket he'd been hollering and um, people were saying he was, he was very immature. But that, that expedition to Chester, I think, brought him on a lot. Oh, wow. That's, that's so interesting, isn't it? I mean, even from personally, from a training point of view, you know, just uh, again, Sir Michael showing showing all of his experience there. Absolutely, yeah, uh, fascinating. Uh, and then <clears throat> that left the Dante as the only the only viable chance. And um, going to that race, we didn't know how how it was going to be. 
that he's second ever start, but he behaved absolutely impeccably beforehand and was very calm afterwards. And we saw the race unfold as Richard Kinkert would have liked. But again, it was a very good education for him. He's, um, the cult is a um, late maturer physically from going back over notes of him as a foal and a yearling. And he, he, was, he was very immature, but he's, as a three-year-old, he's come on leaps and bounds. Alan, how much in the thinking, in, the, in terms of the decision to supplement, how much in the thinking was there the thought there's only one derby. How much did that sort of feature or, or or was it just very much this is the right race for this horse now? I think very much the the latter, bearing in mind that there is only one derby, but Michael wouldn't uh, recommend running just for the sake of the family having a horse at Epsom. You know, that goes without saying. He, he's won six derbies and he knows exactly what it takes. We have yet to win the derby. And I said a moment ago, you know, the way the horse is, has been coming forward in maturity. Michael didn't hesitate with the recommendation. I'd just like to ask, finish with one thing. Um, the family, the Niarco's family, have been in, an incredible sort of institution in 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 British and European racing and world racing for such a long period of time. And isn't it just so lovely to see them continuing to breed this type of trying to breed this type of horse when lots of other people have maybe gone down a slightly more sort of commercial route and what does the derby st- mean to to maria and electra and, and and the team still because i personally feel like it's the most important race in the world and but many others don't and what does it what does it mean to, uh, to it, the family it, 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 it is um the derby is a race the family have always wanted to win mr niarkos had runners it, he had a pipe of peace was third in 1957 the family's association wow. with the Derby goes back to 1955, and we have yet to yet to win. We've been second twice, uh, Law Society and Main Sequence, third and fourth, but yet to be first. So that quest is still there. <laughs> and, and Alan, can I ask, because unfortunately, um, George's fellow trainer in the room, Charlie, has had to go off for a bit of urgent babysitting duty. So he oh, had yeah. a question that he wanted to ask you that I feel I should pose on his behalf which was trip with passenger and in terms of the distance do you believe that he will see out the mile and a half or are we at this stage taking it on trust that he'll get the trip it's a very good question and it is very much an uh, the, the unknown factor the he's never been beyond the mile and a quarter and we've seen horses at epsom that can be very good position a far long out and then by the time you get to the winning post they might be fourth or fifth or you have to stay. There is some staying blood in the family. We've been associated with the family since um, 1981 when we bought the we bought Brzezinski, the fifth dam. And we had a runner, let's see, who was it? Was second in the in the St. Ledger, Mind's Music, a long time ago. And there are a few others in the family that have showed they can stay. And I think the horse's temperament and his way of going has indicated that he should be able to get the trip. But until we actually run, we don't know. Five generations of breeding, wouldn't it be? It'd be quite some story, Alan. Thank you it so works. much. Um, and I will see you shortly for a, for a glass of something at the Derby dinner. Splendid. Look forward to that, George. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you so us. much, Alan. Thanks again, Alan. Thank All you. Good Thank luck. You.
Right, on to the last section then, which is normally where we give our tips and whatever for the uh, upcoming weeks ahead from the respective stables of Scott and I think we should just talk about um, Bedford House Runner and Off the Bridal podcast horse, Holy Fire. Uh, wow, that was good when she went and won, just a couple of days after we'd recorded the last episode. Yeah, and she looked very good, and then she went and got beaten about four days later, so the dreams were smashed to pieces. No, not at all. She just she won really nicely, and then she was just she was in a non-event at Lingfield, and you had to run her, I had no choice. But she... She had to make all and she just, she was a sitting duck uh, and they probably went a fraction too steady uh, and the winner came past us and she rallied, but she was just never going to get back up. But great that she's won a race. She looks potentially quite useful. She's a big girl. She's only going to get better. She's only going to improve. And I think she might actually end up being quite a nice sprint filly next year, probably. So um, how does that mark of 79 look in terms of working forward with her over the weeks, months ahead? Are you in a place where you can go and win again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd be disappointed if she now can't go through and work through the grades. And she's probably not going to come into herself until next year. She is a big girl. She's a big, tall, leggy filly. Did we just say next year? Or next year? Did I hear next year? Yeah, the word 2024, yeah. Exactly. Can we just yeah. concentrate on this year? Is that right? uh, do, do we yeah, keep we need... her? Is she going to be a filly that we keep then, uh, uh, the off-the-bridal? I think we get to the end of the year and see how she's going. If she looks like she's progressive and going to improve again, then yeah, why not? Of course. I mean, if we can have but... one to fly the flag and for everyone to enjoy, they're blooming hard to find. Yeah. And Charlie, I mean, I think you did sell that filly at the right time in hindsight, didn't you, really? Who? Um, Eve Lodge. It was a great sale. Uh, yeah, sadly, yeah, I think that, it, like because I know it's bittersweet and it's a double-edged sword because you kept her for a new client and you know, but I can say looking from the outside that it was a great sale and it was a great time to sell. You just you just I never quite was, know. I think it was one of those. It was probably uh, probably both parties. We got a very nice amount of money for her, and she won a Group Three for the for the new owner. So I think it was a it was probably a win-win for both. And I know she's actually been sold privately to some of the lads at Coolmore and is in full to justify. So I have no doubt that she'll be be fascinating to yeah, see what that see comes what out does. with so i think actually she's probably that she'd be a success look we'll see how holy fire goes but i have no doubt there's more to come she's very straightforward for me to um i was half tempted to try and get a, one more run into her and just see if i couldn't get a handicap mark up a little bit and run in the hmm. palace of holyrood at ascot stiff five but i she's she's got to go up about six pounds and I'm, she's probably going to struggle to do that between now and then. She Will she run between now and then? Yeah, she's going to run it. I think I might send her to Haydock. There's a six furlong fillies only 0-80 to 80 at Haydock nice. next Friday, which is absolutely perfect. So I think she might head there. Will um, many of our syndicate members attend or have they been attending it's quite nice that they've had good success with these syndicate horses over the last three years they, were, they really have there were lots at kempton there were even really? more at lingfield <laughs> obviously i, I called him and yeah. he put me on loudspeaker i yeah. wasn't sure i really yeah. I, I realized rather quickly that i was on loudspeaker <laughs> so i changed my tone and started cursing him yeah i told him not to run it i told him it was too quick <laughs> actually at the time he it was on the sunday after the guineas he said there's only two us run it <laughs> run it very good. good. Really, really good. That's, because that's... we've retired the other horse. He's gone to a very, very nice home. So the three podcast syndicates that we've had. One, we had Charlie Fellows, who won five times, like I think. a very long time Five times. Yeah. Then we had Eve Lodge, who, yeah. who uh, was a, a great sale for syndicate members. Yeah. And also we've had, of course, um, Holy, Holy Fire, Fire, who's now a winner and on the upgrade. So every syndicate 
has had a good horse. Boom. Well, Holy Fire's not quite there yet, but you know she she's on her way. Well, I mean, she's a good filly proportionately yeah. to what we paid, and it's and and what you paid for, and yeah, yeah she's I think fun. Sitting down before Royal Ascot again, or at least that's in the plan. But is, so, is there anything running in the next week or two, chaps, that you want to just ask our uh, listeners to pay, maybe consider it if they're having a five pound each way investment along the way? I've yep. got one. Go on then. This is the first time you've actually put your this hand This is the in. first time I put my hand up with a bit of a smile on my face, which is annoying because I'm now going to completely ruin the price. Do you know what? A horse that I hated last year. Hated with a passion. I thought his attitude was poor. He was weedy. Has done unbelievably well. To be fair to him, he was basically a June foal. So there was always a chance that physically he'd improve. But there is an, I've got an invincible spirit of Sheikh Ahmed's called Tawala, who was second at Catterick, got bumped into a quite a nice horse. Really nice A proper horse. horse. And then won at Ripon at my bogey track. And it's got a mark of 81. He is, his work has got better and better and better as the years go on. He actually worked with The Dream this morning and looked fantastic. I want to get him into the Holyrood house because he would have a... He, if, if he got into the race, he would be my best chance at Ascot by a long way. He'd be against Rocket Rodney. What? How you'd be giving Rocket Rodney would be giving about two stone. <laughs> uh, he's rated 81. He needs to go up about three or four pounds to guarantee a spot in the race. And uh, he, he will run in the next 10 days or so. They're going to get a few entries. He will go well. What's his name? Tawala. Tawala. Real surprise. A nice winter surprise. Not one I expected. George, can you uh, raise Tawala? Can you beat that? I don't think I can give something quite as a, po- a positive shout-out, but um, I ran a horse um, a couple of days ago at Red Car called Seven Questions, and it was a 16-runner race, and he was drawn 15 of 16, and the straight track at Red Car is about as big a draw bias as you as you can have in the whole country. On this. Ridiculous track. It is yeah. it actually quite frustrating. If you're drawn high, you you know you, you might as well just go home. Yeah. So anyway, he was drawn 15 of 16, and he he had key, and they went to the far rail. They took the draw bias. You know, sometimes they can come up the middle, and he 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 finished set, uh, fourth, beating two lengths, like bumped along down the outside the whole way. Looked a little bit green, and uh, you know he's going to go to Yarmouth on the eighth over five in a in a restricted novice, and I would think that you'd see a, a kind of a reform, like a whole different prospect and he, he'll he'll go well excellent very good it's got seven questions okay well we mustn't finish this podcast without talking about uh, nottingham forest hey charlie i'm sure you want to celebrate their remaining in the premier league after a fine finish to the season good result hey eh? I, I mean beating the drop i to, to i if you told me that we were going to go into the last day of the season safe i would have been i would have said no chance steve cooper the job he has done to gel that many players to create such a good atmosphere because what I think what has been very evident this year is that our home form has been unbelievable. We've been, you know, we've beaten a lot of big teams at home and we've been appalling away, but at home and just the whole atmosphere around the city ground has really got to the players. Mm. And there's just the most incredible sense of um, the family and team that has kept them up. I have absolutely no doubt about it. And we didn't play the best football in the world. I think it got better and better and better. I think he 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 changed our formation about through uh, three quarters of the way through the season and played much more defensively and on the counter attack, used our pace, and that was a big change. And suddenly we started scoring goals and being much more solid at the back. 
But it is the most incredible job. And it'll be fascinating to see what happens over this summer because they're going to have to buy a few more players. Obviously, we're not going to buy 22 players, but there's, you know, there's gaps that need filling. And it's really exciting, really exciting. I did not think we were going to stay up. I genuinely, hand on heart, thought we were going to go back down. So to get another year in the Premier League is amazing. It was just brilliant. You know how jealous I am as a Norwich fan. Yeah. I can't believe it. How come that we've been up, we've been down, we've been up, we've been down. You've gone up, bush, no problem. Stayed up with a bit to spare, like you say. I bet this place, we're recording in Bedford House, by the way, the day that you beat Arsenal, I'm sure you were sat in front of the television, whooping. Well, see, I don't know if I should... <laughs> My... <sighs> <laughs> I'm not sure I should say this story because my, my wife listen. sometimes listens to no, this. No, she doesn't. Uh, I was actually driving back from Newbury that day and uh, I got drove back into Newmarket with about 15 minutes left to go and, I, and it was 6.40. So the kids are going upstairs for bath time. <laughs> so I... God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Parked up by the Severals and listened to the last 15 minutes of the game. Because I knew if I came back in the house, there was no <laughs> way I was going to be allowed to watch it downstairs. She would have just gone mad on a Saturday. So I actually, yeah. Quite right. As you say, it's lucky she doesn't. I thought you were so going to say something a lot, a, lot, a, lot, a lot more sort of... Um, yeah. She doesn't know that. She She will do, because yeah. I'll be sending her the clip. Yeah. One other football thing, I did feel for, you, for, for one of your owners, actually, who's experienced the ups and downs of sport in the last month, the owner of a dream, Mr Doug King, who, of course, had the high of winning at Newmarket on Guinea's Day with his filly and then losing on penalties at Wembley to Luton. Oh, that gosh, must have been I a real kick. I that all together. That is just excruciating. Because he's the owner, real chairman? Or he's a, no, he's the owner. He's the owner. He's he owns Coventry. Uh, Luton were the best team in the first half, first played really well. Coventry came yeah. back into it. And then after the goal, Coventry goal, it was pretty even. Yeah. And then went to Pens. And I don't know if you watched the Pens. They were the best set of penalties Amazing. I have ever seen. Not one of them was not in the corner. Under the most intense pressure, it was the first six on each team were literally bang in the corner. Nowhere near missing. And then this poor lad Dabble. steps up and just fired it into Rose Ed. Roofed it, didn't he? Uh, and it's just... I mean, what a break. horrible way uh, to go much. But what an extraordinary game because the poor Luton captain had yeah. uh, gone off after the first five, six, seven minutes, collapsed yeah. on the pitch. I mean, it was a real roller coaster, yeah. wasn't it? The whole experience of watching that one. Um, Paul I haven't King. spoken to Doug. I've had a lot of messages with him. He said it was all a bit of a blur. They went tonto that night. He took all the lads out. They went and got smashed and put it behind them and now they rebuild holiday time and now they rebuild and go from there but they're going to lose their striker Giacarez he's going to go Hamer Hamer the brilliant midfielder yeah so they need to cash in on those two and and rebuild if they keep the manager they've got a chance because yeah. Mark Robbins has done an amazing job amazing job Okay, episode four of series five, done and dusted. You lucky people, you may get double helpings of George and Charlie this month as the plan is to be back with another podcast episode ahead of Royal Ascot. Till then, thanks to our producer, Carl Homer from Cambridge TV. A big thanks to Fitstairs for all their ongoing support of our podcast. And thanks especially to Alan Cooper for giving up his time to join us. On behalf of George, Charlie and myself, thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.